0: Right, what's going on ladies and gents? Welcome back to another episode of the Red Devil Roundup. Manchester United have just lost 3-1 at the Emirates to Arsenal in what was probably the most pivotal game in our season. It was the only opportunity which could give us any hope of finishing in the top four and that has now well and truly been blown away. We will not be finishing remotely close to the top four. We won't be in the Champions League next year and Eric Ten Hag has one hell of a rebuild ahead of him. I cannot explain to you, describe to you, or articulate to you in any single way that can justify or do justice to how off i am right now it was one of the most gutless performances i've seen from the united side and believe me in the last 10 years that is saying something absolutely incredible i've seen this under david moyes i've seen this under louis van hale i've seen this under jose Mourinho, i've seen this under Ole Gunnar solskjaer and i've seen this under ralph Ranick recently and believe me that performance right there was everything wrong with this club i cannot oh i'm just sorry it is infuriating i'm actually i'm lost for words at how i can describe this performance Each and every one of those players that was out there should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. There's no two ways about it. The only players that I reckon can actually kind of keep their head held up high and have some sort of pride in the way they played is Ronaldo and De Gea. Both of them did their jobs. Both of them worked hard. And both of them actually, I mean, it looked to me like they actually gave somewhat of a shit about how that game was going to finish up. Everyone else that was on that pitch or thereabouts, give or take one or two players, should be absolutely disgusted with themselves. They have completely and utterly Bottled this season. I mean, don't get me wrong. This season was well and truly bottled before we were pl- you know, playing off for top four positions. But look, at the start of the season, we should have been competing for the title. Every Manchester United fan thought that's where we should have been. We signed Ronaldo. We played well the season beforehand. There was the game against Leeds, which genuinely sold us dreams. I can't believe that match let- like, was this season, let alone happened at all. Because honestly, it feels like a completely different year in which we got to watch that game. Bruno Fernandes' performance was horrible today, and don't get me wrong, I know in my last episode I came out defending him and he got the new contract, and at the end of the day, Eric Ten Hag will go on to build around him, but the way he played today was absolutely abysmal. Why on earth he was taking that penalty is beyond me. I could not wrap my head around it. Ronaldo has scored seven goals in his last four league appearances. There was a hat-trick against Spurs, then a goalless game the following week against Everton, then there was a hat-trick against Norwich, and he'd already scored against Arsenal today. Seven goals... Four games. Do the maths. He is the best converter from the penalty spot in football history. You have a chance from 12 yards in our biggest game of the season in the 65th minute to level the scores and he already has a goal to his name. Give him the ball. Let him put it down and let him stick it in the back of the net. If he had missed, I believe me, I would have been a lot more relaxed than seeing Bruno miss that one. Not only miss, it wasn't saved. He put it wide. That, among so many other things, went wrong today. Don't get me wrong, the referees have to be held completely accountable for their performance too, but it's not their fault that United have been so bad throughout the entirety of this season. Yes, they cost us to an extent today, but at the end of the day, we are the architects of our own downfall. We have been since round two, and we've continued to be for the rest of this season. I'm not going to sit here and say it's the ref's fault we didn't win today, or it's the ref's fault we didn't finish top four, but goodness gracious me, they really is some stuff to figure out, especially those people that sit in the room of VAR. How Cedric's ball, how Cedric's or foul but how it wasn't called a handball against Cedric when Jaden Sancho was running in 1v1 and he was on his hands and knees on all fours crawling along the ground and blocked it with his hand how that was not only disallowed and told not to be looked at by the people that were sitting in the VR room but completely disregarded altogether. It wasn't not a matter of they said no. It was a matter of fact that the ref didn't even get to do an on-field review. They said it wasn't even worth looking at. That was the clearest penalty I think I've seen this season. Yes, we got one later on and Brennan went on to miss it. Don't get me wrong. But some of the calls that were going on throughout the entirety of this game and we've seen this season in so many different instances... Just blow my mind. It is something they need to get right because God knows they haven't got it yet. And as far as I can tell, they're not going to get it right anytime soon. The Premier League is the biggest, most expensive league in the world. Yet somehow they have got the worst referees on the face of this planet. They've genuinely got the worst reps in the world of any of Europe's top five leagues. Whenever I watch the Spanish League, whenever I watch Bundesliga, when I watch Champions League, the refereeing is the lowest quality in the Premier League. Figure that out from the highest revenue-generating league on the planet and probably the highest revenue-generating league in any sport in the world. And they've got the worst refs. It's ridiculous, especially with VAR. VAR was introduced to get rid of that sort of... uh, lack of certainty about certain decisions. If something was clearly wrong, revert it. If something was up in the air, give the ref another look to get it right. And it has fallen so far from what it was supposed to be when implemented as a solution to our problems. It causes more issues, if anything. Because at the end of the day, when you get calls like that wrong, and you've had VR look at it, it tells you there is a massive underlying problem with the way that they're officiating. There is so much inconsistency and it infuriates me because they, at the end of the day, get rid of it completely. Either have it and get it right or get rid of it and stop wasting our time and money. The amount of money that goes into VR is phenomenal and they've still got it completely and utterly wrong. And it's not just this game, it is week in, week out. And it's not just for Manchester United, it happens for other teams too, but I watch United every single game, every single week and it has been up and down all season and it's just wrong, wrong, wrong. Now, Eric Ten Hag was signed and actually officially announced by Manchester United this week, which is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I think he's the best manager for the job, and I hope he is a long-term solution we can get behind and see results from. I was planning on, in my next episode, touching on him, but I'm going to save that for something completely different when I'm more relaxed and not throwing fists with my TV, because what I had to watch today was just embarrassing. Um... I'm trying to think what else could have possibly gone wrong. That first 20 minutes of the second half was hilariously probably the best football I've seen us play in months. It was the best 20 minutes of football we've put together since one of the first, maybe the Newcastle game or the Leeds game. I'm trying to think any other games when we started second half as well as that. There was the 3-0 against Spurs earlier this season, not even that 4-2 against uh, Leeds earlier in the season. It was generally probably the best 20 minutes of football we put together, and we still couldn't convert. We created chances, and we couldn't convert. It was just everything that has been wrong with this club this season in a nutshell. Because even when we finally managed to play well and we finally managed to dominate another team, which we have struggled so much to do this season, we couldn't score and we go on to concede against the runner like. play. That shot from Zach Zacher, 25 yards out, it was their first attempt on goal in the second half. It was the only time they've been near a goal in the second half. I was watching that thinking, we have to score. Because if we don't, something like that will happen. And it did because it always does because it's Manchester United. Harry Maguire was dropped for this game, and don't get me wrong, I think he's been a massive issue, and I think the fact that he's captain's a problem, but clearly, like we saw when Ronaldo was out against Liverpool, or we seen from Harry Maguire being out today, the underlying issues aren't just going to, you know, it's not just a matter of one or two plays. We don't get rid of Harry Maguire, and every problem is solved. We had Varane and Lindelof, who, to be fair, are my preferred centre-back pairing that we've had this season. I mean, yeah, Varane hasn't played in, over a, or in about a month, so he's obviously somewhat rusting we come into a game of such importance, uh, on a moment's notice, but goodness gracious me, the issues that we have uh stem in every single aspect of our footballing ability on the pitch. From left back to right back to the wingers to the striker to the midfield to the goal. There are issues everywhere. Yeah, De Gea played well, yeah, Ronaldo played well, but we need to figure this stuff out. At the end of the season, and at the end of this season, In the off-season and coming into the new season in 2022-2023, there needs to be an exodus of players. There are so many players that are on the books at Manchester United that need to go. No questions asked. I don't care where your loyalty lies. I don't care what you want to do. I don't care if you are for or against the manager. There are so many players that need to be just let go. Jesse Lingard needs to go. Matic has announced that he's going, thank goodness. Don't get me wrong. I actually think he was one of our better players out there today. And he's generally one of our more stable options in the midfield. But we... It's not through the fact that he is one of the best midfielders in the league. It is that we are so short on supply in defensive-minded midfielders that we have no choice but to play him. He is still off the pace. He needs to go. Juan Mata needs to go. Lingard needs to go if I hadn't already said him. I kind of remember. Paul Pogba needs to go. Edinson Cavani needs to go. Uh Anthony Martial, I think he needs to go as well. I mean, look, he can come back and maybe if he can prove a point to Ten Hag, then knock himself out. But realistically, get him off the books, get someone else in. Get rid of five to 10 plays. Phil Jones has to go. Uh, league run, he can go. Tom Heaton, I think he's going to hang around. If Dean Henderson wants to leave, let him go as well. There is no player at Manchester United that I think has a right to be sitting there saying, I want to stay because as far as I'm aware, each and every one of them have thrown so many managers under the bus and have let this club get to the state in which it's in. Clearly, when you've had that many managers, the manager wasn't the problem. I think if you look at the state of this team, there is so much that just is going wrong behind closed doors on and off the pitch. Ownership needs to be sorted out. Yes, they're going to invest some money into the team, and you know, Ten Hag will have a good budget, etc., etc., etc. But it's like Gary Neville says every single week they are taking dividends out of this club, they're taking money out of this club, and they either put it in their own pocket or reinvest into their other businesses. Old Trafford's falling apart, fix it. And it's. (laughs) There's also a massive revamp that needs to be done and invested in financially in terms of the way this club is structured and operates. They operate as like a business, not a good business, a poor business, because their only thing they care about is money. And yes, good businesses will obviously turn over a massive profit at the end of the financial year. But guess what? If you look at some of the greatest businesses in the world, they don't just sit there and all they think about is money. If you look at Manchester City, yes, they've got such a good setup, it's about money. But the way they've set up their club as a footballing infrastructure is phenomenal. The way Liverpool are operating at the moment and the way they are recruiting with one of the best managers in the world is phenomenal. And if you look at all these other teams that manage to do this consistently, at the end of the day, they focus on the football and the business comes second. And when I say business, I mean the money. They don't rock up to this thing and think, how can we make as much money as possible? They didn't... Pip Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp didn't assemble their squads thinking, how can we sell as many shirts as possible? How can we generate as much revenue as possible? All they thought about was how can we get the best team to get the best results, win football matches and compete for titles. And that's what they've got. And guess what? As a result of that, they're making money anyway. But our moronic owners haven't comp- haven't managed to comprehend or wrap their head around that yet. So God knows they need to go... And if they don't, they need to figure this shit out quick or they need to at least put the right people in the right place within the club. So what was like under Sir Alex Ferguson where essentially their impact is more or less not felt. Let the manager do what he needs to do. Let him bring in who he needs to bring in and let him play whatever style of football he thinks fits the club and his velocity to get results. If Eric Ten Hag thinks a certain player is needed to win games or a certain style of footballs need to win games or someone needs to go to win games or we need to change the way in which this club operates to win games, let him and let him do it. Rolf Frankiek's now as a consultant don't get me wrong his managerial spell hasn't been brilliant but he's a great person to have behind closed doors. It's what he's best at. Let him wear the brunt of the issues that Ten Hag should would hypothetically be facing as a manager. Let them deal with uh, Rolf Frankuk let him deal with Ten Hag. And get rid of people like Darren Fletcher, who I think has actually announced that he's leaving, thank goodness, from the role that he's in as a football director. This guy is not qualified. Yes, he had a good career at Manchester United, but you need people to know what they're doing. Look at what Edwin van der Sar has managed to do at Ajax in the time that he's been there. Get someone like that in. You've got the money to do it, and you can. God knows you can create the infrastructure to do it, but you just haven't got the fucking know-how. Get the right people in. Jesus Christ. It's been a long day. And it was a long game to watch. And I actually started this evening with hope. I genuinely thought we could win this game. And I thought we just might. The way we beat them 3-2 at Old Trafford. Ronaldo back. The lineup was actually, as far as the plays we've got available, it was a pretty good lineup. I thought it was pretty strong. But this club is a shambles. Uh, And it's just mishap after mishap after mishap. And I think you can just kind of see it becoming more and more prevalent with each game that we play. And every point that we drop. The next game's against Chelsea. It doesn't matter if we win. doesn't matter if we lose. We're not going to be finishing top four. I mean, as far as I'm aware, I couldn't even care if we finished top six or seven. I don't even care if we we're in the Europa League or the Conference League. If it was up to me, I'd finish in neither. I wouldn't even be in European competition next year. Give Ten Hag the league, give him the domestic competitions and let him focus on finishing top four. Let him, you know, implement his style of football. Let him bring in the right players. Let him offload players. and Let's see how we can go. Johnny van Beek will be back. And you know what? I hope he plays. I don't care if he's struggling with Everton. I don't care if he didn't look like a Premier League player at Manchester United before. He has done some phenomenal things under this manager. And he was doing them at a very high level in the Champions League quarterfinals, semi-finals at the Bernabeu. This guy was putting on clinics. Let him come back to United and play under Ten Hag in a style of football that suits him. I hope he is running that show. And I hope every other Manchester United player that is there knows that they need to fight for their plays because none of them will be getting a free ride next year. They don't deserve it. Not one of them. Every single player to fight for their spot. And if someone comes in and they're better than you, sweet. If you don't like it, you can warm the bench. And if you don't like that, you can go. It's fine by me. <sighs> I think that pretty much covers everything. Yeah. I mean, there's no point previewing any games. And honestly, in terms of upcoming episodes, there's not really much point doing them after each and every game because these games genuinely stand for nothing now. There is absolutely no purpose. Like, they're novelty matches. They're friendlies. We're not playing for anything. We can't finish top four. So what's the point? I mean, as things happen off the pitch, yeah, I'll talk about that. If we're looking at transfers, if we're looking at ran- um, sorry, Eric Ten Hag bringing in some people, some backroom stuff, et cetera, etc., etc. Yeah, I'll look at that. If players announce they want to go, if anything happens off the pitch, yeah, maybe I'm happy to discuss that if it's football related. But in terms of the results, there's not much point. I'll do a lot of transfer kind of stuff in the off season. But in terms of just finishing up a game and doing a podcast, this is probably going to be my last one for a little while because yeah, there's nothing left to play for. And the season's over in four more games. Thank God this end of the season can't come soon enough because the toll this has taken on my mental health. Has been paramount. It is ridiculous how far this stuff goes in terms of how it makes you feel. It's crazy. I mean, we got Formula One on in I think forty-five minutes thereabouts, and I tell you that can't come soon enough either. At least I can think about something else before bed. Um, hopefully, Verstappen wins. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think—is there anything else I need to get off my chest other than the fact that each and every one of these players is spineless? Oh, the youngsters. I mean, Rolf, Rolf, I. I think Hannibal, Mabry, should have been on the bench for that game. I don't care if he should have been sent off against Liverpool. I don't care if he's not the best footballer. It would have been nice when we were either 2 1 down or even went 3 1 down to have someone come on the pitch that showed a bit of hunger. I don't care if he didn't score a goal. I don't care if he didn't assist a goal. I don't care if he didn't touch the ball. Someone that would just go in and double foot someone. Someone that would just go and get absolutely stuck in. Because you know what? It actually motivates the fans. Something that might give the fans something to cheer about. Get behind the players. Or even just motivate someone else to think, a Scott McTominay player of that to think, you know what? No, I'm not doing enough. I need to get stuck in and we need to be working harder. Because once Arsenal went through and up, that was it. The game was over. Uh, there was We didn't create any chances. We didn't look hungry. And the worst thing is we were hungry before that. Even if we didn't score, the players looked like they wanted it. They were pressing high. Arsenal were struggling. Arsenal were rattled. Arsenal were absolutely rattled for a while. For the first half of that second half, so like the third quarter of the game, Arsenal were completely and utterly beside themselves and they did not know what to do. And then as soon as Xhaka scored that long shot, it was GG. We threw him the towel. Absolutely. And I think it would have been nice to see Garnacho get on, even if he can just get a goal. It doesn't matter if he didn't do anything. It happens. Uh, I think a lot of these young players need to be getting minutes now. I don't care if it's against Chelsea or any of the other games we've got coming up because realistically, uh, they deserve to be playing and it's a good opportunity to, I guess, blood some talent because... When better to do it than when there's nothing left to play for? Give them minutes. Why not? I hope we get to see more of them coming forward because they are talented players, but God knows I don't want to see them getting uh, influenced by any of this current mob who are absolutely disgraceful and clearly don't understand what their job is as footballers. They're a pretty senior group of players that we have at Manchester United and they have just not worn that what at whatsoever this season. So we'll see how we go. Um... That's all for me today, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I'm out.